Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. Here on a beautiful Friday evening, grateful you're here. I, Max Moser, your host for today's episode, am back. Thank you for joining us again. I'm sorry I was gone last week. We hit record lows in recordings because Jarrett, who's also on this episode right now, is hosting. Jarrett, how are you doing and how are you feeling about the complete collapse of last week's episode? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's not my proudest work, but Zayn put in the extra effort. Alan put in the extra effort, so it was salvageable. Um, that being said, I'm, I think I am ready to take over your responsibilities. Um, I just think, you know, wasn't my greatest run, but now that I've seen kind of a taste of what you do, I realize it's really not that hard and I probably could do it better. Yeah, except you don't know how to keep a rhythmic episode going in regards to segments. <laughs> giant it's fine. Put it wherever you want. Yeah, literally, I'm like, I'm like editing this, and we'll get to the other guests in a minute. Come on, people, we're like ten seconds in the show. There's somebody out there right now who's like, well, who else is on? Who else is on right now? Um, I just need to know who's on. Um, and and Jared's like, yeah, you know what? We'll just uh, put the top five right in the middle. <laughs> that oh man that just was put the it wherever part. it's fine I, when they got done with the top five and they kept going i was like wait wait a minute like wait it's not over yet wait, wait a minute it's supposed to be over <laughs> infinity bro isaac you're here hi isaac hey how's it going everybody were you like me and just rattled to the core that the top five last week was in the middle of your episode I was. I was absolutely rattled. So great job, Jared, on, on throwing everybody <laughs> off. It felt to me like I'm getting Culver's and I'm having my French fries first, then my custard, and then my cheese curds or my burger. Like It felt sounds, significantly hey, out of that order. That sounds great, though. It's a great meal. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and like last week's episode, we make fun of it, but it was good. And here's why last week's episode is spe- so special, people. Sure, Alan was on. He's great. Alan Cruz, we love you. You're great. But Zane was on last week, and he did such mm. a good job that oh Infinity Bro Zane decided, I'm going to go two weeks in a row. Infinity Bro Zane is back. Zane, how you doing? I, I'm i doing great. You know, I like to think that sometimes you got to ride the hot hand, and, you know, I am the hottest commodity in the Infinity Bros universe right now, so we just got to ride that wave. Do you consider yourself a pair of kings? Pair of aces, pair of queens. What, what kind of hot hand are we talking here? Oh man, I mean, I, I think you got to go pair of aces here. Like, I mean, it's, it's very unique. I, you're not unique, but incredibly unique. <laughs> I would say your value is the same as a pair of aces. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so Zane, the Infinity Bros, ace in the hole. Is that one? Yes. Nah, these pocket aces in the hole there. That's right. Yeah. Pocket rockets. I'm just ready to go. You know, I'm yeah. I'm the utility man here. You know, you need me on an episode, I'm there. You need me to do some modeling, I'm there. You need me some, <laughs> you know, some quick quips on a stream, I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the Nick Punto of the Infinity Bros. Okay. <laughs> Somebody hose this man off. He's on fire. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I agree, Zane. You are uh, the Nick Punto. That is a reference. Uh, but you didn't come to this episode to hear crappy old school twins from the mid-2000s. <laughs> you came here 
to hear about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day, week, or month. And know that Isaac cannot say that sentence in a coherent sentence, and neither can Jarrett. So I think I'll stay hosting for a while until those two Excuse can Excuse me, out. I... The one thing I did do right was the introduction. You actually crushed the introduction. Yeah, hey, I can nail an intro. It's the outro that I can't. I can't. Yeah. I literally cannot put together an outro to save my life, and I don't know why that is. We've had episodes where like Isaac's done five takes. And I've had to edit the fifth one. It's pretty bad. And it sounds great. Like it sounds like Isaac just crushed it, but in editing, it's thanks a pickle. to the editing of our lovely max Mosher. i did think you did a great job last week jared i have to tell you thank you i thought you did a great I job appreciate that. and i thought that you guys handled alan well uh and and uh yes very very good episode alan was a treat alan was one of our better guests i think we've had on in a long time so um yeah we're excited we're gonna talk about falcon winter soldier we talked about that this is gonna be a spoiler review we're gonna share our non-spoiler review at the top so if you haven't heard it yet and you're just dying to know what we think i don't blame you um we're going to share those right out the gate, uh, and then we will do a spoiler review and do our, and finish the show with our top five moments from this episode. Uh, but to give you some IMDb info and talk about this show first, this is directed by Carrie Skogland. And something that Marvel's done with both shows now, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is they're having one person be in charge, air quotes, of all of this under Kevin Feige. Uh, we saw this last episode with Matt Chapman. We're seeing this now here with Carrie Skoglund. Um, in an interview, Carrie Skoglund said uh, with Two Fab, she said, "What's great about having six hours is that if you get to spend more time with the characters, so by definition, you're going to get more intimate with them. Find out where they live, how they're feeling, what they're doing. In the movies, which I call the snack." In the movies, The Meal, you're kind of driven by the fact that they're in some form saving the world. It's really hard to take time out to explore character before the stakes are so high in the moment. She goes on to say, both Anthony and Sebastian really dove in and loved exploring. We did a lot of ad lib, a lot of improving, and a lot of script work. we rehearsals and such so that we could really explore the characters to the fullest that we could. She goes on to say she promises that we're going to talk a lot about trauma and grief. This is another Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus series that's going to go down that route. I wonder how much after Endgame that will be a theme in other shows. Um, but also, this the big question, and we're going to talk about this more towards the back of it, is, is Sam going to take the shield? What is it for a black man to take on the shield? Does he want it? What is the shield? What does it represent? And all these questions are percolating around. This one obviously stars Anthony Mackie. At coming back again as the Falcon. What the heck's going on here? There we go. Okay. Sebastian Stan returning as Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier. Wyatt Russell starring as John Walker, U.S. agent. Aaron Kellyman playing Carly Morgenthau. Uh, Jarrett, we're going to ask you a little later who you think that character might be. Um, Desmond Chaim, who's playing Dovich. Uh, Adebaro Oduye playing Sarah Wilson. And Mickey Ishikawa playing Leah, who took a date with the Winter Soldier this last episode. Daniel Brühl's back as well. Emily Van Camp as Zemo and Sharon Carter. We didn't get to see them this episode, though. That was kind of a bummer. Spoiler alert for that. And a slew of other people as well. We'll talk about them as we close, get closer to other episodes. 
Uh, this was a 47-minute runtime. It'll be six episodes total. Again, they're going with the six hours of film approach, and that doesn't really add up if this is the average. <laughs> um, it comes out to more of a three and a half, four hours, but that's neither here nor there. There's 16 different writers credited to this, so you can check out IMDb as well. So make sure you look into that. Um, but before we get into our ratings, I'd love to know what your guys' expectations are of this. After WandaVision, Zane, where are your expectations with Falcon and the Winter Soldier in this series going into it? Personally, like I was more excited for this than I was for WandaVision. And so I think coming from WandaVision, what we saw there, like a very good story um, unfolded and everything that um, they wanted to tell was told to kind of set stuff up. So like, I'm just kind of taking that and running with it. And it really, I don't necessarily think like it, it's exceeding expectations or anything, but it set the bar pretty high that I was already excited for. And so now I think that it'll just continue right on with Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though it's just has its own vibe, like its own genre, like it's going to have its own theme still its own thing but i think it's just it took the baton and it's just going to keep running jared what about you man i think rolling into this like zane said wandavision left such a cultural impact on us and set an expectation of the quality that we're going to see going forward from the mcu and the tv shows right these this isn't agent of shield this isn't god forbid inhumans this is something wholly different and and rolling into this at least from the previews that we had seen the trailers we had coming into this it felt like a continuation of stories like the winter soldier. Um, and I think my hype was at that level. I was rolling into this saying, you know, I'm going to get that level of production, those level of writing fight scenes, all of that. And that stands as one of the top echelon of not just Marvel movies, but superhero mu movies in general or action movies in general. So uh, yeah, hype in going into this was absolutely high through the roof. The director actually does say Isaac that she understands going into this and, and, this obviously comes after WandaVision, which I think gave her a little more clarity and perspective, that fans are really going for try to figure out where these shows are going. I think this show is a little different from WandaVision, surrounding the mystery of what was um, Westview and, and, and whatnot, and obviously Mephisto, playing Mephisto's advocate, Mark Jones. Um, <laughs> but, but she knows that there's this idea of being engaged to the point of speculation running rampant. Are you in that posture right now, or has WandaVision really died down that expectation for you? I think just with the different like vibe that Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to give us, we won't get quite as much speculation. Like, I mean, WandaVision almost played off as like a psychological thriller and we were just left guessing every week on as to what was going on. I don't think there's going to be quite as much mystery in this show, but um, I'm on the same boat as Zane as I have actually been more hype for Falcon and Winter Soldier than I have any of the other Marvel Disney Plus shows announced up until this point. And the reason for that being Baron Zemo. Like, this dude was incredible in Civil War. Underrated MCU villain, and I'm really excited to see him come back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really super hyped for this show. And I, I don't think it's going to garner the amount of online hype that WandaVision did just because of all the speculation that was going on. But I think it's going to be a, a super solid show. I might end up liking it more than WandaVision, I think. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out. But super hype for it. 
I feel pretty confident I'll end up liking it more than WandaVision just because of how I felt about the ending of WandaVision. You can hear about those thoughts on previous episodes if you want to go back and take a look. Um, no, I'm with you guys. I, I think my expectations are tampered a little bit because of WandaVision. I thought that they would maybe try to go for gold a little more and do more connecting than they did. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with this episode, which we'll talk about in a bit, but just that's something that I want to see. I think with these TV shows, you can bring in lower paced, lower air quotes, important characters. And that's one of my expectations I have of all these shows, but I have to tamper that based on the previous experiences with WandaVision. I really, really, really want to see where they can take these two characters of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I want to see what they're going to do with them, and I really want to see a post-blip world through the lens of a spy espionage thriller, and that's what this is going to be. So I, I think this totally is the palate cleanser we need with, with the direction we've headed and the direction we're going with Loki, um, obviously with Black Widow coming up in a couple of weeks is what they're courting right as of right now, March 29th is the March 19th, excuse me, is the plan. Uh, I, I'm just interested to see that, but we're going to go ahead and dive into our non-spoiler review real quick, but we want to make sure if this is your first time listening to us, that you are familiar with our rating system. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the infinity bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible, and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. All right, and remember, we're not going to talk spoilers just yet, so we're going to go back to you, Zane. Zane, will you give us your rating and your early non-spoiler thoughts of what episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was for you? Um, I'm going to give it a solid five out of six. Um, I thought it... Um, it started in solid. It gave us what we wanted of, you know, it's not going to lull us to sleep. We aren't going to have any, you know, questions of what's going on. It hit the ground running right away. We got action sequence. We got, you know, hey, we're starting right away. Here's where everyone's at. Um, this is where, you know, the story of Falcon and Bucky are t is taking off. And, yeah, I thought it was a good starting point of introducing everything, introducing um, like what people are going through and the mindset of what is kind of being presented. And so yeah, I give it a solid five out of six. It set out to, you know, establish, be that first episode. And I thought it did that very, very well to get the story going. Jarrett, what about yourself? Yeah. Um, fantastic. It, it moved me in ways that I wasn't expecting. And we'll get into that more in the spoiler review, but it paid off on some of the things that we would have been had been hoping for like i said i was ready for this to pay homage to things like captain america the winter soldier right and what that movie did very well is beautiful cinematography um incredible action scenes and great writing like story filled emotionally driven writing and we got that in spades um i think it was cool that they introduced really likable new characters and that we'll we'll dive into that some more but like it it did things that I expected, but it did them even better than I expected them to be. Um, I actually came into this being like, okay, you know, I'm riding the high of WandaVision. Didn't end the way I wanted it to, but I still had very high hopes for this. And um, this first episode paid off in ways that I didn't expect. It didn't give me everything I wanted in the first episode, but beggars can't be choosers. I'm still very, very happy with the results. Six out of six. I'll go next, Isaac, and I'll let you close this out. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I'm with you, Zane. I think it's a five out of six. 
ironically, this is a weird piece of feedback, but it was short, but it was still slow paced. I think there was a little bit middle section there where, and, and I'm glad they did it for this. I be, what I would perceive right now is the next five episodes are going to be really telling a really thought provoking, very detailed, very connected story between multiple organizations, groups, characters, villains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they really had to lay a, lay a lot of the groundwork for that. And so I, I wasn't a fan of the pacing, but I obviously understand it. The, the action in this is fantastic. This actually, I agree with you, Jared. I love the assessment you had. Unbelievably emotional. This is so much more nostalgic filled for what the MCU was than WandaVision is. WandaVision really just relies on, I think, Wanda's grief. Whereas this one is, I'm feeling the grief of several characters in this. And I'm feeling them grieve more than Wanda. It kind of took us a while with WandaVision. If you haven't seen it, forgive me, but I'm going to talk a little spoilers here. It took her kind of to the middle and the end of the of that show to really articulate her grief. Um, and there were some things that we were seeing that we didn't understand she was saying. Some we obviously did, but with this, it's it's much more clear without using words what and who they're grieving. And I really appreciated that. And I also love how they are past the honeymoon stage of the blip. This is staged six months at the timeline after the blip occurs. And I like that everybody is kind of back to being a bunch of jerks in the MCU. And I think that's an interesting way to look at it. And I think I just I find that fascinating. I think it was a good idea. And that's a direction I'm cool with them going. So I'm five out of six. Not a perfect episode by any means, but a great first episode. I'm very pleased with how the MCU is starting these, but after WandaVision, I will tell you, I'm going to be very critical if this ending is not good. I, I, I'm i very, very concerned that this will not land the way WandaVision, in my opinion, didn't land. So go ahead, Isaac. First episodes are always kind of hard to rank for me because a lot of these episodes, I mean, WandaVision included, I mean, they're building to the end of the season, so you can't really see the whole uh, picture, especially with these disney plus shows where they're releasing them weekly we can't just binge the whole show and then look back on this first episode so it's a little difficult for me just without seeing the whole picture but i think i would give it a 5.5 out of 6 i continue to be amazed at the production quality of these shows i mean they could have taken you know a tv route and gone with the cw route and had really terrible special effects and just relied on storytelling but they didn't do that. They spent millions of dollars on these episodes to make them super high quality. And you can absolutely see that in all of the action scenes, uh, starting off with the bang right away. And Zane said it, I mean, this episode hits the ground running and you do get a little bit more character, uh, depth that I was really expecting in this episode. Um, but I think it's leading to something awesome down the road. So I'm all for it. Loved everything about it. I I just can't wait for more. I think I think it's hard for me to give it a six out of six when I can't see the whole picture. So loved it, though. It's it's a great start to the season. And I'm really excited to see where it leads. From this point on, this is your spoiler warning. So we're going to go ahead and put the spoiler bumper right here. This is prepare yourself.
and Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. What did you guys think of six months after the honeymoon of the blip? Let's talk about this. Um, We're dropped right into it. They don't outright say six months after the blip, but it's definitely implied throughout the episode. How did you guys feel about that? I alluded to it in my in my review. What did you think of that? I think it's cool to see the post blip world and how it's affected like normal everyday people as much as as it has everyone else. And we saw that a little bit in WandaVision, but they really dive into it Um, in like in a really casual way as well. uh, There's the scene in the bar where, um, you know, Bucky's on his date and, and she, you know, casually mentions like, hey, you know, have you been dating since half the, the fish in the sea came back? And I, and I think that's a really cool way to do it in the same way that they had the sort of support group in um, Endgame, right? Where it's like, this feels like a lived in world that doesn't feel like an afterthought or something they just shoved in. It seems natural and flows progressively. And I thought that was really cool to see. I loved how this episode starts and, and really like the third lead character of this episode, and this is just a credit to the MCU and their storytelling, is Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers yeah. is in this yeah. episode so significantly, yet Chris Evans only has a line that was copied and pasted, essentially, from Endgame. How was his presence felt from you, Zane, in this episode? Where did you feel it most? Where did it really tug at your heartstrings? Was it in the scenes towards the beginning or was it kind of throughout watching our two lead characters falcon and winter soldier essentially suffer and we'll talk more about that as we go through the episode yeah no like it was interesting just to see the threads that he had because you could tell so much of the impact he had not just the impact he's had on you know falcon and bucky but even just as from a cultural icon that like coming you know everyone's coming back everyone's adjusting to a new life and you just have this aspect of like, well, we don't have Captain America anymore, but you still, it became like the embodiment of what it is. Like I always like to go back uh, to the line that's always used in, uh, in Sandlot of heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And yeah, buddy, you don't have Captain America anymore, but everything he represented, all of his ideals and just, he was just a great icon, like it feels like that doesn't die. And even he got that with Sam and just like the shield, you know, even in the line of like, it doesn't feel like it's mine. And you could tell that throughout the episode of just like, I want to donate this, not because that it's more important to, you know, be in a museum for someone to look at it. It was, I took it, it, it seemed more of a, I'm giving this because it doesn't belong to me. And I think that's something that they really hit on on this first episode. And I'm excited to see where it goes in further episodes of realizing that just like the the, the idea of Captain America is, is, is bigger than just what Steve, like those ideals that he, you know, embodied and just that transition of Sam finally seeing of just like, all right, it's more than just a shield that it's not, you know, an item that just belongs to someone like there's way more to it. And I think, yeah, it's just, you have those strings of everyone that Captain America and Steve's that he touched all these people's lives and had that impact. And so like they lost their friend too and lost their mentor and lost, you know, a great icon. 
and it's something that they have to figure out how to move past that in kind of their place in society now. It is remarkable to me the impact that Steve Rogers has in particular as Captain America because at least in the eyes of Falcon and Winter Soldier in this episode, it's very clear and obvious that those two are synonymous together. Like Sam's decision to give up the shield stems from the fact that Steve made it the symbol it was. And obviously we dive deeper and in later into the episode to kind of see more of what I think Sam's motivations will be down the line, in particular with racial reconciliation in this country, in particular with you know, where his current family is at and how the country is treating him and the fact that he isn't getting paid to do what he does, um, which I thought was an interesting line. And, and side note to that, Infinity Bro Mark wanted us to share that, like, this absolutely puts back on the table. If, if what Falcon says about that is true, how did Vision pay for the house that Wanda got? <laughs> and I think, I think that's a very reasonable question. I'm not... I'm not trying to bring that back into the conversation unintentionally. I think it's it's a real conversation that I'm not saying it's Mephisto. I mean, you could think that <laughs> if you're listening, but oh, I totally thought that's what you were saying. That's a fascinating storyline that I think we might see down the line is is this scrolls? Is this government trying to take back this power and authority that the Avengers clearly took in Avengers Infinity War, Civil War, Age of Ultron? Isaac, for you, I mean, Zay brought up the the great line of uh, how does it feel like it's someone else? It's like it's someone else's. It isn't. My gosh, I mean, that line was so powerful in Endgame, but it feels amplified in this episode. How did you respond mm -hmm. to that? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it in your in your non spoiler review. Like you feel the grief of not not just Sam Wilson but you feel the grief of the MCU honestly in this ep episode I feel like it's it's not just one person like like Wanda in WandaVision you feel everybody's grief because of you know Steve Rogers and what he meant to us as Captain America or the MCU as Captain America so i i mean it definitely was much more emotional than I was expecting. And I think a lot of us kind of expected some kind of funeral or some kind of, cause they had showed, you know, Sam Wilson in the suit, um, in a trailer. So, and the series opens with him, him ironing the suit. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we were kind of bracing for it, but I mean, again, this, the emotional impact that this episode has just, it, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but it was much more um, potent than I expected it to be, for sure. Just while we're here, and I think you're bringing up the subject, so I think it's the appropriate time to ask this. We don't see Captain America's funeral, which means, in theory, that old man Rogers is still out there. Right. Like, they don't, they don't explicitly say he's dead. They don't explicitly really even say anything about him besides they're just like giving a speech about him but really. they keep bringing it up they brought it up when torres asked falcon hey is he on the moon and, and sam kind of dances and around sam it. and sam like bs's it he doesn't even like give a clear answer it's he's on the moon you think he's <laughs> on the moon jared hold on mephisto's advocate okay <laughs> let me go. tell you about one of my favorite comic arcs of all time buckle in boys and girls oh boy original oh boy. sin dude i have that in my show notes you're taking away my freaking like <laughs> you're, you're stealing my thunder right now bro come on now 
All right, no, you got it. You go, Jared. Okay, for those of you who haven't been blessed by Original Sin, which is a wild and weird and bizarre uh, comic event, but in Original Sin, somebody kills the Watcher, Owatu, who lives on the moon and watches over all things. And there's this race to figure out who killed the Watcher. Spoilers for one of the amazing greatest comic arcs of all time, but it ends up being somebody called the Man on the Wall. Man on the Wall is this character, I'm not going to try to spoil it too much, who prevents these multiverse level events from happening. He, he deals with all things that uh, mystical, alien invaders, time, everything, right? And it's revealed to be a character who has grown old and is looking for somebody to replace him. The somebody who's going to replace him, eventually, is Winter Soldier. Now, does that sound anything at all like what we're talking about here? We have an old hero. First of all, screw you. I prepped for 30 minutes before this episode on really great show notes that I'm like, hey, you know what? We're going to have a really killer episode, but Jarrett's obvious. I'm a wild card, Your intelligence baby. is so high that I can't even prep for 30 to 45 minutes ahead of time to outsmart you here. I, I, this is just another, Isaac, you put this up in all our platforms, another breadcrumb. <laughs> that I feel like Marvel is BSing us on. I feel like they're trying to tell us, hey, it's not there. Don't worry about it. This is another thread that Marvel is pulling from this multiverse saga, Jarrett. You're nailing it, right? Like, we have Mephisto references in WandaVision. We know that Kang is coming down the line with Ant-Man. We know, we know that that this original Sin arc is absolutely within the realm of reason. Oh, and by the way, what happens in original Sin, Jarrett? Thor loses his nobility with Mjolnir, which is totally coming down the line. And somebody else picks up the hammer. Yeah. Right? I, I totally am picking that it's up. It's there, buddy. It's there. Yeah. It's interesting because this is clearly... Feige knows that we're going to catch this stuff, right? He knows that. He has to. Why else would you mention the moon? Right? Because like the, the 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 show writer for WandaVision was like, I've never heard of Mephisto. That's, like, a, bunch of, that's a bunch of BS. There's no way. I hope that she sits... On two different tacks when she sits down tonight. I hope that she falls face first into a puddle of mud for saying that. I hope that she gets hooked literally on phonics for a year. That's what I hope for this woman. Because that's baloney that she didn't know who Mephisto was. Yeah, that was garbage. If those twins were in the show, I digress. I just needed that's just my rant from two weeks ago. So the point I'm making here, Jared, is is that's another thread we're seeing. And and Sam doesn't deny it, Zane. He doesn't deny it. We don't know where Captain America is. Where is he, Zane? He, he's on the moon. <laughs> Obviously. I mean. <laughs> no, I, 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 I find it fascinating that once again, they're leaving it ambiguous. I think it's smart because, you know, Chris Evans could always come in down the line. And obviously this week, we'll put this in the show notes. I'll put a link in, in, in the show notes to the article. Kevin Feige explicitly said, I don't think that he's coming back. I'm paraphrasing. That's not the exact quote. But but it's pretty clear that Chris Evans, for the foreseeable future, is not coming back. Now, at the next Avengers Endgame level movie, that could change because they've been hinting at some multiverse stuff. Jared, this drove me nuts, man. I mean, I saw Original Sin immediately when I saw this, which is which is such a wonky arc. It's a newer arc, but it's so weird. It's so like... 
and like just the stuff they do with Nick Fury, who also is in space right now. There's just a ton of crap that really aligns with original sin right now, Jarrett. I'm totally picking up what you're putting down there. I I don't my lesson I learned from WandaVision is no, it's not that, Max. Stop it. It's not that. Mephisto is not in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. <laughs> Mark and Max that you need to know stop. Of. That you <laughs> no, know don't of. don't do that to me. <laughs> Maybe Mephisto's on the moon. You don't know. No, stop. <laughs> I really hope we get these, these uh, the buddy cop team-ups that they have in Original Sin, where it's like, I think it's Moon Knight and Gamora. And no, dude, Doctor like Strange and freaking Punisher, dude. Oh, it's Like, so Zane, good. is that not your favorite arc in that? It has to be, right? Oh, right. Like... To the two people, you're like, why would these two people ever interact? And they're like, hey, guess what? These two people have an arc. And you're like, I, <laughs> how did we not get more of this? Oh, who would who so thought this? Imagine if they brought in, um, oh, what's the actor's name from the Netflix series? Why is it spacing? Oh, Bernthal. Uh, John Bernthal. Yeah, John Bernthal. Him oh as gosh. Punisher next to... Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Oh, my so gosh. That would be Dude, honestly, that'd be a field day for acting for those two. To be honest, they both would love be it. Amazing. I just want Moon Knight in this. He's part of Original Please. Sin. It's just, it's too convenient to quote Zane. It's just too doggone convenient right now. There's just too many things that are like, you've got to be kidding me. Is this the Avengers thing that they're doing? And we've seen Uatu, of course. Yeah, I think they try to hint at this being some sort of finality in the way that they put Sam across from Rhodey, right? Like that when he was talking about Steve and it kept cutting to Rhodey, you felt every single blow that Rhodey felt thinking of yeah. Tony, right? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. and I think that was done on purpose to really make us feel like, Oh, he's gone. Like Tony gone. It's but interesting. I, you I, say it's, that Jared, because I, I interpreted this as Rhodey looking at this through the eyes of Falcon. You're supposed to be the guy. Why are you giving this up? You're supposed to be the guy. You were specifically given this. By Steve. And you're turning it down. It is interesting that he cut out that last line. He cut out the response from Steve that, no, it's yours. And, and like that shows you where his mental status is at. He he can't process that truly, truly this was given to him. It's still Steve's in his mind. That okay, I, 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 we got to answer this. So, Jarrett, you're saying he's on the moon. Zane, do you think that, that, that Steve Rogers is on the moon or is he dead? Or is he something else? Well, I mean, just for the bit... I'm going to say he's on the moon, but I don't think he's dead. He's, I think he's somewhere else. They're being coy with it. They're either going to be just like, ah, we're just, you know, yanking your chain. But I I don't think he's dead. He's going to be somewhere, I feel like. Yeah, I don't think he's dead either. I feel like for the convenience of what's coming down the line, they need to keep his character around. Jared's hoping it's the moon, like our Dogecoin investments. (laughs) I, I... I, yeah, Jared, I'm, I, I, man, Original Sin would be a fun arc to do and would be a way that you could get everybody that they're trying to set up, like in these future movies in the game, right? I, I, that would be interesting. I, that's, that to me doesn't feel like an adequate crossover versus kind of what they've done with Young Avengers and Kree versus Scroll. But I, I'm with you, man. I, I, it's interesting. Let, let's go to the action sequence. Let's talk about this opening action sequence. Sam is getting hired out by the Air Force. He has this unbelievable action sequence. I forget which one of you referenced it in your non-spoiler review, but they they made it very clear. So so originally this show was supposed to be um, 
according to old news articles, this was supposed to release in August of 2020. This was supposed to kick off the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney+. Plus. COVID hits, everybody goes bananas. The thought process originally was this opening sequence would be the proof to people that, hey, the Marvel Cinematic Universe can be on a TV show and maintain that high level of uh, special effects, right? And so we see Falcon not only save this soldier before entering Libya. These are the notes I wrote down. He's fighting LAF. I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, he's fighting LAF led by Batrock. Complete parallel to Winter Soldier on the boat. He, He has basically a Mission Impossible... Especially the the newer one where they came where they flew out of the plane with Henry Cavill, pretty much like beat for beat that scene is that it's like a beat it's like a mix between a Mission Impossible and Winter Soldier when Cap just says ah no parachute I'm just gonna jump out of the plane because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> the Red Wing tech helps Sam fight helps him break into the ship. That was cool. It's Stark tech we learned later, so like there's still some Stark connection. And, oh, by the way, it talks to him like Jarvis in Friday, which is kind of an upgrade from where it was. We never saw that in Civil War or in Infinity War was kind of the last time we saw Red Wing really, really shown when it was thrown at all those. What were those things that were attacking him in Infinity War? What were those called? That's a deep cut. No, that would have been Avengers. Whatever. Somebody look it up on their cell phone. The Putty Patrollers. (laughs) and i thought that there's just this scene had this scene was wild to me not only for the action but the easter eggs he comes on top of the plane peeps inside the plane it's like it's a reference to iron man like marvel just is so meta in how they approach things jared i loved it i love like there were so many breadcrumbs and sugar cookies in this for us and I was not expecting this. I thought this would be like significantly more clean cut. And I love, I love that they give call outs to things that we know from the comic books, things that we love. Like I think we seriously call-out. need to open a Infinity Bros bakery because we've been talking about breadcrumbs and sugar cookies and and cake for for the past like three or four weeks now. Hey, I, I know someone who can make our stuff. Yeah, real talk. Side note, dude, your wife's cake whales. <laughs> Thank you. I, I hate agree. that everybody but me has tried it. <laughs> that triple deck, Zane, could you not believe it was triple decker? Triple. That's three. Yep. It's good stuff. It transcends time, space, reality, and heaven and hell. Max, just real quick, can you go step on a Lego for me? Because you. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, if you're listening to this, I will buy a thousand cakes. They're unbelievable. <laughs> they're uh, Zane, you got one, right? You got yeah, one this week? It's fantastic. Dude, they're unbelievable. She if you has live been in Minnesota, looking into shipping Jarrett, so there you go. Is she really? She's been looking into it. I'll just fly you. I'll just fly you guys here. <laughs> oh heck yeah, buddy. <laughs> okay, Dude, I mean, that I'll cake is so stupid. Zane, what did you think of this uh, opening sequence? How did you like the Easter eggs to it? Oh, it was really cool. Like it like you said, the, kind of the nod of they wanted to show that, hey, we can carry the MCU vibe into a TV show. And I thought that was, it was perfect. It was well done. It's what you wanted to see. It's just like, it's not all, you know, doom and gloom necessarily. Like we're going to, like I said, hit the ground running. We're going to give you an action sequence here. Because like, we just want to, you know, set the tone right away. And yeah, it was very cool. Like it's like, yeah, those Winter Soldier vibes. We got 
to see GSP again as Batrock. Um, just the just the way everything went out, Red Wing, you know, it it just it felt cool. Like you're just sitting there watching it, can't help but smile because you're like, all right, this is cool. Like this is how you're gonna start out. Like that, you know, gets you more hype because you're like, all right, this is how we're beginning. Like it's only gonna go, you know, up from here. Hopefully, I like that Sam kills everybody but Batrock. Right, right. He just jumps out <laughs> like, at the end. No, no, no. We we need him in episode three. Right, exactly. Like now nah, we'll save him. He's such a good villain. Dude, GSP honestly, it crushes that role. Oh, for sure. Like it's just he crushes it. Yeah, would have never have thought that, but it's just like, oh yeah, I'm an MCU villain. He's so canon. He's in a movie in an MC, in a Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus series. You know, I'm actually really disappointed that they didn't give him a theme song. I was really expecting something like that after WandaVision, all the villains to get themes. I was going to say, were you expecting you know? more of that with like the, the Snyder <laughs> oh, cut? I was going to say. Just wait till like episode six. We're going to find he was pulling the strings. We're going to get Batrock all along. And Thanos has been answering is. to Batrock. That's what we're going to find out. That's what we're going to find out. You're going to get a cool montage of him pulling the strings behind everything. You know? It was all Batrock. It was GSP. Wait, turn and link. Look at the camera. Wink. We're gonna get like a thirty-minute documentary from the Frozen composers about how they met up with GSP to do his theme song and incorporate beats of him physically kicking the crap out of people into their music. It's entirely in French. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, I mean, did you did you love this scene? How did you feel about this opening action scene? I I loved it and it's honestly the perfect way to start out this show. Like I feel like this show is going to be a lot of action, a lot of, you know, guys just beating up other people and that's what we got and it was awesome. I I loved seeing Falcon in action again and I really like, I don't know, I kind of get this vibe of that Sam is angry kind of at the world and he's just like taking it out on these guys. And I, I, I love that starting out like this because I feel like we're going to get some, some kind of resolution along with, with Bucky who is going through his own, own thing. But man, I, I, I loved everything about that opening scene. Like, and, and I mentioned in my non-spoiler review, the visual effects are amazing. It's, yeah, it's they're unbelievable. really good. They're great. Like MCU level, Great, great visual effects. It was everything I wanted for an opening. And he's game. not in a suit. Like, it's his body and face, right? Like, yeah, right, right. I, I, that's awesome. got to be tough. And I think I I really, really like that too, Isaac. I think that's a great point. Like, just the visual effects that you've said, is it, it, it matters. If they had taken the CW approach on these characters, people would feel like they're shortchanging them. And oh, these yeah, characters absolutely. have earned the right to have a moment in the sun. As we clearly saw in WandaVision, who I think a lot of people would say now, Wanda Maximoff is a top five MCU character. There's a lot of people I'm hearing saying that they're, that's one of their favorite characters. Um, Jarrett, since you wanted to be the stealer, the, the, the thief of my thunder, Joaquin Torres is in this. That is the next Falcon in line in the in the comics. Do you think that's where we're headed? I think it's cool that they set him up. Like, why else would you introduce it? And again, we've been hurt before, WandaVision. I'm looking at you. But why else would you put him in here and give him such a prolific role? Like, he's there. He had a way bigger role than I thought he'd have, Jarrett. Crazy. And, like, they introduce him. I'm like, oh, cool, Easter egg. He's going to be in the background. And they're like, nope, he's front and center. 
Like he's around. He was kind of the number three in this episode, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And, and like the fact that you're kind of following the story of the flag breakers through his eyes means that like, he's a bigger piece of the puzzle than we even realized coming down the line. Like hats off to them. Great introduction. I did not see this coming at all. This was a total blindside to me, Jarrett. This, this was one of the like blessings of this episode. I had no clue that that's who this guy was when I saw these trailers. Zane, are you ready for somebody else to take the ma- the mantle air quotes of Falcon? Obviously Sam's got to take that cap spot first, but like, are you cool with that line in the comics? Like, do you like that line? All right. Well, for starters, I got to go after Jarrett here. Hey, Jarrett, learn your comic books. They're the flag smashers, not flag breakers. Okay. Get your, uh, get your terms right. Um, actually, I was just Googling this while you were talking about it because it sounded wrong and I had to double check. So I went to comicbookresources.com and they told me to tell you this. Dude, you're so edgy this week, Jarrett. So edgy. I am. I'm just, I'm stirring the pot. Just, he's going to take the say, edgelord mantle from Mark. Before we, get, before we get too wild. I would have never called Torres. You know who I thought they were going to introduce in this because they've been lining him up. I thought it was going to be Patriot. Like I like yep. yeah, I did yeah, totally dude. Totally. Absolutely. I would have put money on that. Especially with the Young Avengers stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like absolutely. that just made total sense. And maybe he's still coming. That's the thing. Like Oh my gosh. Don't I, I still think that could be a don't very real possibility, <laughs> Jared. I don't think that's gone yet. I'm serious. I really don't. Zane, are you like, are you a fan of that? Because that's that's a newer line with Torres taking that mantle. Have you been following along in that lately, or are you like, ah, eh, not really? That's not my cup of tea. Well, I haven't like been following it really in the comics or whatever. But like, I'm all all for it. Like, why not? Like, especially you're coming into the phase four. Like, you're coming into you know new stuff. Like, why not bring in some fresh faces? Bring in some younger people. Like if you want this thing to be a living universe that continues on, like you are going to have to find ways of bringing, you know, fresh people in. And I might not be super versed on it, but if you're using the comic books as inspiration and you're pulling stuff from the comic books, uh, like I, I will never have a reason to really be against that. Like if you're being like, Hey, like this guy, you know, became the next Falcon in the comics. Let's go with him. Hey, you know, Sam became the next Captain America. Let's explore that. Like, if you're basing it in something that happened, you know, in the comics, like, yeah, let's let's see it. Let's see what you can do. Tell me a story, you know? Well, and I think, too, like, the comic book movies have shown that you can deviate from the comics as long as you execute it well. Like, I mean, yeah. Spider-Man, the original Tobey Maguire, they had a lot of deviations from the original Spider-Man comics, but... Everybody loved those movies. Um, I mean, for exceptions for Spider-Man 3, a lot of, obviously a lot of people didn't like that. But, I mean, you can deviate as long as you put together a good story and you execute it well. So even if they if they are following the comic book storylines, that's even better to me. Like, that's really cool. But, like, as long as it's executed well, that's all that really matters. When they, when they okey-doked us with um, Hawkeye having a family, right? When they set that up, there was a little part of me that was like, oh, this is cool. But like, man, that scrubs so much off the table. Like, how are we going to see him as Ronan? How are we going to get the Matt Fraction Hawkeye? Like, I couldn't see the vision at that point. And so I was like, oh, OK, well, I like what they're doing, but it kind of sucks that they're deviating. It paid off, though, Jarrett. That Absolutely. decision paid off because at the time I'm with you at the time that felt like, OK, we're getting known deeper. But that really limits his Fraction Hawkeye run, right? 
I think it paid off, and and I don't think it's an accident, even though we thought Quicksilver was going to be in WandaVision. We're still <laughs> killing her, kicking ourselves for that. I, I seriously, and it feels like I'm saying that, I, I feel like I'm in a time loop, but I'm going to say it anyway. I agree, Jared. It just doesn't make sense that he'd have this much airtime in episode one. As an audience member, you are upset that he gets beaten up. We're creating that affection for this character. I this cannot be a Ralph Boner. I agree. This Curse does not feel you, like Ralph Boner. Dude, Ralph Ralph Boner sucks. Screw Ralph Boner. F U M C U. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's egregious. Until they fix it, it will be egregious. <sighs> Zane the Flag Smashers. Thank you for saying it right. I'm glad no someone's here that can that can fix some someone's of us, read a comic book here. Some of us really did our research. Some of us care about the quality of our podcast. I know. And and Zane, I'm glad you're here for that. <laughs> Zane five minutes ago. He's the official fact checker of the Infinity yeah, Just hard, hard you keyboard. Google things uh, sound so fast. Should be inserted here. Um So Flag <laughs> Smasher is actually a single character in the comic. Uh, Zane, since you have such like investment in this character, clearly, um, <laughs> how did you feel about this introduction? Obviously, the way they're introducing the Flag Smashers in this universe is they like the world better during the blip, which I thought was a very unique way of introducing this group personally. Uh, obviously, humanity was united during this time. It felt like a unified vision, but then everybody comes back, so then governments are back automatically, right? Like, it's... It's like people just continue to repeat their same mistakes, and they've got some enhanced people, much like the Flag Smasher from the comics. How did you feel about this pivot away from one person to multiple people, a group, which maybe down the line that'll be Aaron Kellerman's character? How did you feel about that? Uh, like I feel like it, kind of like what Isaac was saying of how like if you tell a good story, you can deviate from source material. And I think this is one of those things that it fits the story. It fits the universe. So yeah, Flag Smasher was just, you know, a villain of Captain America was just a single person. Um, but now they're introducing it kind of as an organization. I, I feel like we're, we're still going to get that single person uh, later on. Um, but I don't think they're going to take the whole, just the name Flag Smasher, but introducing it as this organization that, because it still works because you can still keep those ideals that, the the flag smasher villain had like you can still you know introduce that what they're fighting for their whole deal it, it's the same thing whether it's one person or they're making it into a group and so it fits the story it fits you know what's going on so like i i like it like yeah it's it deviates from the source but it still it fits the story and it doesn't go against the grain too hard so like it, it'll work i think jerry you've read about two comics in your whole lifetime what do you think of what do you think of this character arc, uh, shift? I think this is really cool, and I think like shifting it from a single person to an organization feels more like current events, right? Like it's 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 about the power of ideologies to move people as groups, and I think the sort of the sort of cyber and technical aspect that they took to it too feels very 2020, 2021, right? Like it feels like a modern approach to these stories. And I, I like that they're doing a lot. They did the same thing with Red Wing, right? Where like Red Wing isn't a bird. He's a drone. And I think modernizing it and, and taking a fresh approach and perspective is important to keeping these characters alive and well in, in the cinematic universe that you're building. Yeah, I think absolutely well done. Isaac, any extra comments? 
No, nah, I mean, you guys said it. I mean, <clears throat> again, if they if they are deviating from the source, I am fine with that as long as they tell a good story. And so far, I have no reason to believe that they will not be telling a good story because this first episode was a great introduction to the show. So I've got nothing against what they're doing at this point. There have been little bits. Little bits. There have been little bits that this will potentially reveal in humans in this universe. Are you currently buying that or because we got burned so hard in WandaVision, you're just like arm's length? It's hard not to believe it. But at the same time, I feel like we haven't given enough evidence to really give that credence. I think it, I think they will introduce Inhumans down the line, but it's hard to believe that this specific event, this inciting event with this first uh, superpowered villain is like, oh, awesome, Inhumans are in the universe. I think we've been burnt so bad that we're going to need a lot, hard, a lot more hard proof. It's just so tough. And, and But Kevin Feige totally blew off. Because some people are like, okay, the spoilers for WandaVision. Okay, there's the long pause. Some people are like with the reveal in the final episode that the Darkhold looks different, that that doesn't necessarily change what happens in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm like, no, that absolutely changes what happens in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With the trajectory of everything. And, and you're totally blowing off that source material. And you don't want... I guess it's not source material. You're blowing off that TV show, which is fine, by the way. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with them blowing off the Netflix and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if that's what they want to do. But Inhumans was on the arc, down the line as a movie in Phase 3. Like, do we think that's a realistic possibility here, Zane? Yeah. I Like, I, I don't think you can fully count it out. It's just, yeah, it was just... I think people are going to be kind of learning their lesson from WandaVision of getting overhyped with speculation. I mean, and- I learned last, yeah, when WandaVision was going on, like the last three episodes, I was done speculating. Like I still was involved in the conversation and everything, but I, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to put something out there because we, the first six episodes, everything up to that point, because Agatha got revealed, I think in episode seven, if I remember correctly, uh, up to that point, every single thing that we thought was wrong, every single thing. And I was just like, I can't I can't do this anymore. I got to stop. <laughs> so I tried to just like enjoy the ride for the rest of the season. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm like, I'm I don't want to speculate any more than like than I am setting myself up for for disappointment. So I, I'm just going to go along for the ride Unless like something I feel like WandaVision 2 was different because they were setting us up to think that way. I don't think they're really going to pull that kind of stuff in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think this is going to be a lot more linear than WandaVision was. But at the same time, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment like I did in WandaVision. So it's 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 hard for me to imagine that they wouldn't at least bring in some aspect of the Inhumans with Miss Marvel coming. Like, it seems like a, a yeah, right. misuse of her character. But I say that knowing full but, well. But, that dude, like, with quick with, with how Quicksilver did, dude, that, that didactive reasoning's out the window now. Yeah. And, and, and like, you look at it exactly like you said, like, the original Quicksilver and, and Wanda, an integral part of their characters is them being mutants, right? And that was scrubbed off the table for the longest time now we that may come back 
But it, it feels wrong for Miss Marvel for her not to be inhuman. It's a, it's an integral part to the beginning of her character. Story. Well, not only not only did they scrub it away, Jared, they are trying to tell us that we're overthinking it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not overthinking it. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's just yeah. not overthinking it. The Inhumans argument of, yeah. is overthinking it. You could sell me on that's overthinking it. But with WandaVision, and the reason that show really, to me, at the end of it was just such a disappointment is... You left a lot of stuff out there that could have been done. And, and I'm I'm really fearful. I, I am cautiously optimistic about this show right now because of it. Like, WandaVision really has kind of tampered my expectations of this show in a I shocking way. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked at how reserved I am. I'm so scared of getting hurt again. <laughs> I really am. I'm like, I'm just like so playing close Max, to the vest. Eventually, you just have to put yourself out there and you just have to, you just got to get yourself ready to get hurt again. You just, have I to just do need it. an episode with Mark for him to get the creative juices flowing again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll get it going. Like that text message today from Mark where he's like, Vision didn't buy it. Vision didn't have any money. Vision didn't buy that house. <laughs> I was like, that got the creative juices flowing. He's like, someone's setting everybody up. It's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. I believe I said it was Mephisto, and Mark like thumbs up it because it was a text message. There you go. But uh, but like it was clear both of us were like, blah, 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 do I need to pump you up? You already did with original up, okay. sin, but it's look, like, look, but again, look, like on, with this universe, the novas are gone. The novas are gone. We don't know what happened. To, we don't know what happened to the world mine of Xandar. Right? We're not having a crossover. We're getting of Sam Alexander Nova. Max. It's not happening. There's We're no punisher, Doctor Strange. The man crossover. on the wall. Scene <laughs> 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 is not. Uh, it's just so oh tough. It's, it's super tough. And Jarrett's the new Mark. I like he this. Total, well, Jarrett <laughs> is like an educated Mark. <laughs> well, no, because we can we can add to this because guys, Stan Lee had appearances in all these movies. There's the headcan that Stanley was a watcher. Stanley has now passed he showed away up with the watchers. Yeah. Stanley has now passed away, so he's not going to be no! anything anymore. No! <laughs> so Stanley's dead. The Watcher's dead. Gosh, it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense, Zane. It works so There's well. There's too many parallels. What's going on? <laughs> no. I'm losing my mind. My mind is melting. We're getting the All right, I'm back on it. Or? Mephisto's the villain. Oh. <laughs> Zane, you've, you've sold me. There it is. You heard it here, folks. Mephisto just see- is the main villain in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> we get a we get an old 90s song playing <laughs> slow motion black and white Zack snyder style Please. i'm putting the board back up mark walks in slow motion boner right in the middle of the board <laughs> pulls out his Mephisto. string and starts tying it up <laughs> What did Zane? What did he call? What did Jared call? Not flag smashers, but flag breakers. Flag breakers. Flag breakers. Yeah, flag breakers. We'd put flag breakers. <laughs> question mark. Flag breakers. Question mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's just too good. It's brilliant. Um, <clears throat> I was pretty shocked by this. Um, Sam gives back the shield to the government. Now, okay, like I think when you watch these trailers, you could make an assumption that Sam gave it to somebody. I'll be real with you. I, I maybe I'm just naive, but I just did not see him giving it up that easily in the manner of which he gave it up. Jared, you talked about the symbolism on the front end in your review. You want to talk a little more about this and how you interpreted this scene? He's lamenting the character that Steve was and just what he meant to everybody, but at the same time, he's not understanding that like he 
not just literally was given that mantle from Steve, but like he he makes the logical next step, right? Steve wants a world where, you know, the, the way in which he was treated in the bank doesn't happen. He wants people to hold the same level of respect for somebody like him as they did for Steve. He wants to pass on that mantle to somebody that he believes embodies all those ideals and values that everybody else puts on him. And, and so for him to give that up, is really telling of like how he views himself. Um, and and I, I think there's so much to say in that. And, and the fact that immediately following that, right, the government props up somebody that they want, not somebody that is chosen by the people, not somebody that's been given that mantle and that right and earned it, but just a dude that they found who they're like, yeah, he works, right? And, and I, I think there's so much to say to that beyond the context of a TV show um, and we'll probably get into that more down the line with the following episodes. But yeah, I, I think it was important that we saw this the way that we did. I, I Just to skip to the end, that was gut-wrenching, Jarrett, to watch that. And I couldn't believe that it was gut-wrenching to me at the moment. Like after I watched it, I was like, wow, I was really more hurt by them unveiling a new Captain America. I knew full well that that John Wyatt was going to take that. Like I, I knew that is his role in the show. Yet for me, I was like, oh, that that's painful. Given everything that's happened with, inf- with, with Winter Soldier, with Infinity War, with Civil War, with Endgame, and what Sam did for them to not even consider, and, and obviously Sam passed it up, but for them to not along the lines go like, hey, it should be you, Sam. I- I'm fascinated to see where they go. I- I'm pretty confident I know where they're going to go with it, from an ethnicity and racial reconciliation perspective, I want to see it more explored, hopefully, under the surface and how they did the bank scene. I felt like that was very masterfully done. I felt like that scene was great. I felt like it. they didn't beat over our heads. <laughs> hey, he's black, so we're not giving him a loan. I, I felt like that would have been low-hanging fruit. And, I, and that was... His ethnicity and race was never brought in. It was definitely implied, but that's how I think these conversations should be had personally. Isaac, you're itching to talk. Go ahead. Did anybody else want to just punch John Walker in the face as soon as we saw his face? Like I, as soon as that little wink, that little wink he does at the end came around. I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate this guy already. I do not like him. I I cannot said wait. That he looks like uh like a really bad Funko Pop, and I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's like that, dude, out. he he looks like the old man from Up, and you can't sell me otherwise. Like it is. I I made a TikTok oh today yeah. with a spoiler, and all of you guys are like, hey, we should wait a little long before you post it. But like, I couldn't unsee it. It was so crazy. <laughs> His face is just stuffed like a sandwich in that helmet. It's just oh man, I cannot go wait check out to our see, TikTok. Infinity I cannot Bros if wait to see uh, Sam and Bucky beat the crap out of him. I cannot wait for it. It's gonna be great. I wonder if he's gonna die down the line, Isaac. I wonder if he's gonna go into Flag Smashers thinking he's gonna kick the crap out of them, and they're just gonna die like episode three, and just like and he doesn't even come back. He just dies. And Ooh, like that'd be early, yeah. But I mean, I mean, Baron Zemo's hopefully going to be the big bad so i i mean yeah i I could see that happening 
How do you see his character playing out? Like, obviously, we only have one episode. We have that goofy wink, as Zane alluded to earlier, <laughs> that he got. But, like, do you think this is going to be an arrogant character? Or do you think oh, this yeah. is just going to be a government puppet, Jared? Oh, yeah. He's he's going to be an oh. arrogant character for sure. Okay, Sorry, Jared, Jared, go. go. You're, you're saying arrogant, Isaac. Okay. I'm so, Like, both, right? Like, yeah, you're the yeah, guy that the both. government chose to be Captain America. Like, he's got to be thinking he's just hot stuff, right? And the, the best part about this is... I don't know who the actor is. I, I should have looked that up beforehand, but like props to this dude for making us this angry. Like, <laughs> like, 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 well done. <laughs> I, I have never whole, watched like, we talked about this on the film. episode. I mixed up their names earlier. I said John Wyatt. It's Wyatt Russell is the actor. John <laughs> oh, Walker is the character. Yeah. So sorry. So we're having fun. Props, props um, to him. Cause like, yeah. I've never <laughs> seen, I've never seen game of Thrones. Right. But like, even I hate, hate Joffrey. I've never watched a single episode. I hate Joffrey. Wait, right? that's him? Pro- that's no, him? No, no, no. Listen. Oh, like, okay. I was like, wait a that minute. that actor for like, and, and I've, I've heard he's like a really good dude in real life, but like actors who can do that, who can make you hate make them. Make you hate them. So yeah, right. Much just in the way that they're acting is like absolutely incredible. I disagree, Jared. I don't think it was him. I think it was the setup. I think sure. we watched, I think it we watched Sam too, throughout sure. this whole episode. I mean, just watching Sam's reaction to this news you can feel him just like intrinsically no i let everyone down i was that's supposed to be me and i'm such a coward that i won't take it like like, i i think i think sam is gonna have originally coming into the show i thought sam would have to deal with the government taking it from him that's what i assumed the route was gonna be and i'm grateful that the mcu didn't choose that i think they could have easily said Oh, black man, bad. We take it from black man. And I think to make it more depth filled and to show scenes like the bank scene, when the guy is like clearly saying, hey, yeah, you haven't been paid in five years. I was gone in the damn blip for five years. Like, how could I have made money? Just a great like way of approaching that that I felt (laughs) was like, it's the perfect blend of fiction and reality because that totally would happen in real life. To a lot of people, by the way, of a certain socioeconomical class, I'm not just speaking to race there. I thought that was brilliant. I think Anthony Mackie is bringing his A game in this series in a way that I've never seen him do in this. Sebastian Stan is lightening up as a character. Anthony Mackie is getting harder as a character. We're watching these characters go opposite directions. I think Anthony Mackie, I think Sebastian Stan is getting funnier. And I think Anthony Mackie is getting harder as characters. Go ahead, Jerry. You're shaking your head. Seb- Sebastian Stan was not funny in this one. Like, oh my his, gosh, I disagree. His Go scene. Ahead. Okay, the whole arc in this first episode with Sebastian Stan. Obviously, the, the bit with him and the secretary or whatever, or not the, the sorry, the senator or whatever. That was pretty funny, and him ch- chatting with the um with his the psychologist, therapist. right? Yeah, the ca- counselor. That was great. That was hilarious every single bit that followed that with him and, and um uh, uh what yeah was it got dark name? got dark yori mm-hmm. right yep, him yori. and yori was uh, dude i was like almost in tears i'm not joking like when he was i think the argument i'm making is like i'm speaking to like and we'll talk about bucky in a bit here but just to use brief examples before we go into detail later I thought the amends part was great i thought his dialogue with um with the therapist was great I thought he really let loose as a character as Bucky. Like, we're seeing Bucky let down his guard, right? And I I, I think I really like – because let's be real. Falcon has always been a guy that says jokes. 
He 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 has he has been resorted to. I think a criticism you could make of this character is in Winter Soldier, he's the wise cracking dude who says, Well, Falcon Captain America needs me to get back in. No better reason. Like, that's not a really a logical reason, but we're just making a joke. Hey, on your left, like I think that was his role in those movies. And and I like that they're fleshing him out. And then on the flip side, Bucky Barnes was just like, he's a killer. He's from Hydra, which is part of a Nazi. He's a deep Nazi Russian. Blah, 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 blah. He's so evil. Oh, my gosh. He's got long hair. It's like, it, it, but like Where's we're a mask? seeing him let loose. I, I, I really think they're going a little different in direction with both of these characters. I think we're going to see Falcon be more serious, and I'm excited for that. But I also think Bucky Barnes gets to let loose and really I think we're going to see him be raw and emotional, Jared. I, I really, really am excited for that. I think the therapist stuff is a brilliant route to go. That was um, great. Personally with this. and But beginning to Wyatt, Ru- Wyatt Russell's character of John Walker, if we could use more expl- expletives, we would. F that guy. He sucks. <laughs> Zane, go ahead. You haven't said much on this subject. Anything to add on John Walker before we move on? Yeah, no. Like, I just think um, like it was kind of a weird just how they transitioned into it. I feel like they're going to still kind of give that arrogant vibe he has because like, that's was his character in the comics. Um, and... I, part of me feels like too of it just seems like you're getting this vibe of this separation between those two of okay well we just need you know the government's taking it we just need Captain America the government's taking it because of this the idea the image of Captain America whereas you got Sam who's like well this is a person like this and that's why like Sam's like I don't want to take the shield because it's yours like and I feel like it, it you're gonna have a meeting point between the two of of something being earned compared to something that was just given to someone. Hmm. Whereas I think you're going to get Sam getting that point of feeling like the reason why Cap was giving me this shield is because to him, like I earned it and like, I'm the next person to carry on kind of like what his vision is of what the ideals he truly represented because they were Steve's. They weren't USA's ideals. They weren't the government's ideals. They were what Steve felt, and that's why Steve gave him the shield. And I think you're going to get that moment eventually where, you know, that internal struggle of, like, it went to me because I'm taking that next step, whereas you're just being given this because of an image. It do- You don't have weight in the game, you know? Is there any chance, Zane, that this could be an okey-doke and Bucky gets the, the mantle? I-, I mean, there's a chance of it. I just, I don't think they're going to do it. Um just because I think there's so much more they can do with Bucky being his own character. Yeah, this this episode really, from an arc perspective, to me, really sells that Sam's going to be Captain America. Yeah, I think that's definitely coming down the line. I think an, an MCU Bucky just has so much crap in his past that I just don't think that he's a good fit for Captain America. Um, and we we said that in our Endgame, right. by the way. In, in our Endgame yeah. review, you can go check that out. Um, I, I, we said that day one, Sam was the logical choice. I kind of like that they're leaning into it, but I'm scared to death that they're going to okie doke me. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I'm scared. I'm dead serious. WandaVision really messed me up. man. <laughs> that show messed me up in my expectations of where we're going. I just picture you at like three in the morning 
just shaking in the in the dark and cold with like a scotch in your hand, and you and you and you just like pelt it at the wall, and you're like, take that, Feige, and just shaking and paranoid. Max is just su- he's gonna suddenly just wake up in the middle of the night, just like Sarah, Sarah, Mephisto's the next Captain America. <laughs> My mind is older than old man Cap. That's that's where I'm at right now with this. He's right? just like, waiting for Sam Wilson to pull off a rubber mask and it's Mephisto. Yeah, just, it's underneath. Mephisto. It's Mephisto. I knew it. Redemption. <laughs> Did we like the roadie cameo? I I I just to, before you talk about the roadie cameo, I really liked that he's the one asking why didn't you take the mantle. I really like that he's, I think he's going to have more of a presence. He says, I'll see you when I see you. Do we think we'll get him back before Armor Wars? What do you think, Jared? Go ahead. Absolutely. And I think, like, it's important to draw the line that, like, Rhodey, in the same way that Tony was, was there from the beginning. So out of anybody, he, he's he been walking this line with, obviously, from Tony's perspective more than anybody else's, but he, he understands the character of who Steve was even behind the shield, right? He understands and, and not to get too like deep and, and, and meta on it, but like the flag isn't the flag because of the flag, right? The flag is the flag because of all the Americans that died and bled for it. All the people who make it great every day. Right. And, and so, so Rhodey has that unique perspective of what Tony looks like under the armor, truthfully as a character, he knows what Steve looks like behind the shield. And so when he calls on him and says, like, man, why wasn't it you? He gets every single bit of what that means, not just to take up the shield, but to be the guiding force forward, to be the team leader, the one who calls the shots, to be the moral center of the group. And and like having Rhodey do that is so incredibly important because like Tony, he was there from the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought that was a good. really great cameo to have. Tug on it, man. I didn't think I was. I like, when I heard Armor Wars, I was like, whatever. Same. Now I'm getting pumped about it. I'm getting pumped I about it now. I'm like, Tug on it, Feige, you jerk. <laughs> Got me pumped for a C-list MCU character. <laughs> Tonight, you're gonna be sitting in your corner. You're gonna throw your scotch across the room. <laughs> Feige. <laughs> Did you like cameo Zane? Yeah, no, it it was good. Like it was just for all the reasons said. Like it. He used kind of that character uh, to Tony as to what Sam kind of was to Cap. They have that connection, and like, hey, it's kind of on us to move this forward now. And like, I I don't know if it's gonna be much more than just what we got in that episode. It'd be cool if he's in more and more active, but I think yeah, it having him there kind of paid some of that respect and just kind of showed that like it's on us now, you know. I'd I'd add I'd add too. It's a very intentional choice from Marvel to do it a, a man of color. Uh, clearly, they want a man of color ask who who is in high authority in this universe asking that yeah. question. No, I mean I I think that. honestly I think uh, Jarrett nailed it on this. Like him being there from the beginning and being a guy of color. Like I think it was very it was very perfect moment and and who else would be better to do that i don't i don't think there is a better person in the mcu to to play that role so yeah i thought it was i thought it was awesome and honestly like the more cameos we see of mcu characters in these disney plus shows the better i think like i i, I want more i want That's give, the give point. me all of that them. is the point yeah get them all in there I, i'd the, totally be down it's the point of the mcu yeah 
The point is you never know who could come into the front. Yeah, right. I love that. I agree, Isaac. I I, I actually think they should up it. I think WandaVision had a criminally underrated amount of references. That's another piece of feedback I'd give. I'm just on a WandaVision tear today. <laughs> Get him, Max. I'm going, Jarrett. Here I am. Um, it, it, Before we go into Winter Soldier... Um, Sebastian Stan says this is the most fit he's ever been for an MCU role. He said the demand for the character on this show was so high that he had to get in the best shape of his life. So does that mean we're going to get to see him take his shirt off? (laughs) I don't know. Mark will be wondering that next week when he comes on, I'm sure. Um, We did already. The first scene of him uh, after his bad dream. Oh, yeah, true. Good point. point. We get it. You're looking for him to take his shirt off. Jarrett was paying very, very good attention during that scene. Christian! I was like, (laughs) Christian! I I said, Christian, look! It's Christian, like, come here! Christian! That's how I look. I, I was like, man, he must have been watching my videos. Like, it works. It's like that <laughs> scene in SpongeBob where he's watching that, 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 that uh, what's that, what's the, oh, the, the, the anemone. You know what I'm talking about? I don't even know, know what it was. He's like, Gary yeah. walks in. That's Jared and Christian. Um, It's after dark. It's after 9.30, people. It's 9.31. We can get a little spicy here. If we keep this up, I'm going to have to hit the explicit button for the iTunes for the podcast. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> We're on a tear tonight, my guy. I'm going there, man. Get, I'm excited. Close. I'm I'm still, like, I'm, my heart is still just, like, tender from WandaVision two weeks ago. <laughs> Take a back seat for two seconds. This is a question for Isaac Zane and, and the, the Infinity Bros universe I love. How do we feel about, how do we feel about post-WandaVision Max Mosier versus Three Drink Robbie? Ooh. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see a face off, yeah. honestly. Like that yeah. sounds Dude, amazing. Three drink, three drink Robbie and I, three drink Robbie and I, first Oof. of all, have both had three drinks. Second of all, <laughs> would would definitely have a good time. That would be a good time. And Absolutely. hopefully, and I'm not trying to to make promises and write checks I can't cash, you'll want to check those guys out because they're probably gonna be on the Snyder Cut review. Oh, that also drops this coming Monday, uh, March 22nd. It's going to be a spicy post, one. Post so. WandaVision Max and Three Drink Robbie are like the kind of people who make kids cry in Rocket League, but like in the funniest way possible. <laughs> GG. GG's, bro. GG. What a GG save. GG too easy. What a save. What a save. What a save. <laughs> Chat's been to save. They're just like their evolved Pokemon forms. Yeah. Like they're just, that's just the next level. That's just what you get. It's I Mega feel Max like that's Mosher. a compliment. Even though you're yeah. trying to make fun of me, I still feel like it's a compliment. And I like it. I'm editing this part out so my mom doesn't know I have three drinks ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> How dare you? Uh, it's been a week, people. It's been, it's been a week. Winter Soldier, Jarrett. We talked about you getting excited about him having no shirt on, uh, but he befriends Yori, who I loved. That he was like his best friend is this old man who's like on his last, like closing in on his last legs of life. I thought that was that is totally who he would be friends with, right? Like that's who that's who Cap was friends with in um in Age of Ultron. I think I think that was great, very nice touch. Until we find out why he's friends with him because he killed his son. Yee. I mean, just like the torture this guy's Yikes. putting himself through. Jared, what do you think of this man? Ugh. Dude, I okay. So we started watching this. Um, me and my wife started watching this at her parents' house, and then I had to run home real quick and finish it. 
And like, I was almost in tears. I'm like, I'm a grown man sitting alone in my house crying. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but that was so heavy. And the fact that like that he he doesn't resolve it with in the way that has some sort of clean clean resolu- resolution. Like he still tortures himself. Mm-hmm. You you assume that like next week we're gonna continue that relationship. And like the amount of pain of something that he had no control over, right? Because the whole time that he was the Winter Soldier. None of that was his fault. And yet he continues to own it and wear it on his sleeve. And it's this idea of like, again, I don't want to get too heavy here, but like people who have been through abuse and have hurt others, right? That's what you do. You continue to bring it on yourself unless you get help in the form of friendships and relationships that pull you out of that. Like that was in, in the same way that Wanda was a very raw picture of grief. He was a very raw picture of that sort of torture that you would go through. PTSD is really clearly a theme here, Jared. I mean, no, you're nailing it. This I'm fascinated to see how deep they go in the soldier approach, right? Zane, like, I mean, how deep are they going with with people who've been to war? I mean, he literally says, I've been fighting battles on and off. They have me fight, then put me to bed for 90 years straight. What do you think? Well, yeah, like, I think that's what makes this character so interesting. And I think that's why, like, it, it doesn't make sense if we got okie doked or anything of him being captain america just because you you have so much with this character of exploring these battles like how do you you know survive you know knowing that that was your past how do you you know continue forward how do you um you know not justify but how do you get you know a spot in your life that you're okay and how do you you know process through this you know and like it's it's so fascinating zane too that in Endgame, we see the ending and the resolution is our main heroes go away with somebody. Thor goes with the Guardians. Iron Man passes away, but he gets this like, you know, beautiful redemption arc. Captain America gets to spend his time with Sharon, with, with Peggy, excuse me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh gosh. With her niece. Who's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> eighty years younger than her. That's such a terrible arc. Too. Screw you, Feige. You probably would have put that in WandaVision if you could. Um, or Ant-Man, like he got with his people, and the, the late Chadwick Boseman goes back to Wakanda, right? And, and something we're seeing in these MCU shows, Zane, is Wanda didn't go back to anybody. Bucky doesn't go back to anybody. In in fact, he actually goes to the thing he was avoiding all along. Right. He probably, in his mind, would rather be dusted than be where he's at right now in a world without Steve. No, well, I think you hit the nail on the head because, yeah, everyone else has something they go back for. Like, this was the big battle, just everything. Oh, we finally beat Thanos. We can go, you know, head off into the sunset or go do our next thing. And, yeah, with Bucky, like, that is kind of what drowned everything out. Like, he's, this is what's waiting for him that he goes back to. Like, like you, you can't run from your past. You can't run from what happened and... Like it, those moments of that quiet and, you know, you're no longer currently fighting a battle, but now it becomes internal. And with someone with Bucky, like that becomes such a huge thing because his entire life he's been fighting external battles and now he finally has to fight one internally. And I think that's such a huge thing. And that's going to be very cool to see that play out throughout this show of how, how do you fight that battle? Like, yeah, you've made it this far, but like you can't you can't stop now. And how 
Right. He's sleeping on floors. He was deprogrammed by Shuri. I think what we're seeing in in this show is Bucky finding out who he is. He he doesn't know who he is. Like he's been he's been brainwashed for, you know, 100 uh, almost 100 years and like when the psychologist asks him, "What do you want to do?" He has no clue. He has no clue what he wants to do. He he is lost without Steve, like you said. Um Zane and I think this show and that's another reason why he wouldn't he just it just wouldn't make sense for him to be Captain America he doesn't even know who he is there's no way he can be the moral center of a team like that just it just wouldn't fit and I think we're gonna see him kind of go on a discovery of who he is in this show but man, yeah, good good points that you guys were making about him. I'm I'm really excited because I think Sebastian Stan is nailing this right now. Like that the the scenes with um Yori Yori, like yeah. that was powerful. And like you said, Jared, I mean he's torturing himself. He went to his apartment, I mean supposedly to tell Yori about it, but then saw his son's picture and. I don't know if he chickened out or or what like was going through his head, but that's kind of what seemed like happened was he he wanted to tell Yori what what was going on, but he ended up just not. And he continues to do it. He continues to torture himself and punish himself. Probably he probably wants to punish himself. Um, You know, like you mentioned, Jarrett, like the victims of abuse, like they feel like they deserve that. So he he feels like he's getting what he deserves, but he doesn't know like what is in his like he just doesn't know what he's doing in his life right now. So I'm excited to see what path they have for him. And I think um, I think Sam is going to help him find that out in in this show. I think I mean, the clips that we've seen in the trailers of them interacting like they have some great and funny interaction. They have chemistry from the from the movies, you know, before this. And I'm I'm really excited to see how Sam kind of like helps him find who he is. It's interesting that they took this relationship off the table, but like his closest kindred spirit, obviously in the comic books, it's it's different. But like in the MCU, the closest parallel besides Steve would be Black Widow, right? Like who else has been programmed as a spy and had everything that that makes them connected to other people stripped away? And, and so like her processing through her grief looked wild and crazy and erratic and and like she was rudderless and lost until you know she found a way to move on in in the form of sacrificing herself and so like the fact that they're not taking that approach with this and giving him somebody to lean on in the way that that clint wasn't there for um i mean obviously he was dealing with his own trauma but he wasn't there for natalia i mean not not (laughs) natasha (laughs) um like her thing is like she never recovered from that she never recovered from losing hulk she never recovered from not having clint around to to lean on during this difficult time and like it's nice that they're showing us like this is what happens when you're able to process through that with a friend in in the form of falcon i think that's cool that they're leaving that and i i don't know if he will ever find full you know resolution to all of the stuff he's done because like we mentioned before yeah he's i mean he's been literally killing people brainwashed for 90 years so i don't know i don't know how you find full resolution or you know 
peace of mind after that. But I think at the end of the show, he's going to find more of an identity in in what he's doing now. So, I yeah, I'm excited to see how that moves forward. I thought he was hilarious. I Just to shift... Just to shift gears, Jared, I, I really, I'll hold to that. I thought the stuff with the therapy was fantastic. His chemistry with that gal is great. I wonder if she's not a good guy. I wonder if we're going to find out she's a scroll or something down the line. Maybe, Maybe she's Mephisto, Zane. Um, uh, I, I, not to play I Mephisto's ad. We, <laughs> do we need to, like, create a Mephisto's advocate button? Like, I yes. feel like we're going to talk about Mephisto and MVFCU show. Oh, forward. my gosh. That'd be amazing. Um, no, I, I really liked it. I liked the making amends scene. I thought that, again, I really like that they're pivoting towards a goofy approach with this character. He has never had that in in his run. Except for the when old man jokes too, like poured into that quite a bit. I love yeah, the old like, man jokes. Well, like <laughs> the so only good. time it's been funny is when Rocket tried to take his arm, <laughs> and that was just Rocket being a dick. Like that wasn't really Bucky. That's, yeah, that's more funny, Rocket right? being like, funny. Rocket was than, just like, "How much for the Bucky. arm?" And he's like, yeah. "You can't have the arm. Leave me alone, you crazy raccoon." <laughs> I, uh, side note here: uh, Sarah and I watched the Legends clips. Have you guys watched these before? So Legends is a small TV essentially a four to six minute arc um, recap of where each character that's coming up in these shows have been up to this point. Oh, that's cool. Mm. This was a great tool for Sarah, my wife who really likes the MCU, but she just doesn't know the stuff. Like I, I read and care about this stuff. She doesn't. And so if you have just somebody in your life that you want to watch this with the fear for them is they're not gonna be able to follow. Yeah. Pop in legends these are great. Four to six minutes each. We watched it before WandaVision. It made WandaVision way better for Sarah. She kind of had to watch it on her own because of our time constraint in our life. But with this, she was able to follow everything pretty much perfectly. And it's 20 minutes, but it but it made the experience to us longer. It made the episode feel longer because we watched the recap, right? And so I don't know if every episode will be like that. But just total side note, I six out of six legends is all you got to search for and wanda and vision have that too you can check those out for them but i thought that was super helpful in particular with this bucky stuff that we're talking about because it's just showing his pain in that six minutes just like you are reminded that from the get-go the dude has just had it rough like there's an argument to be made that he might he might have it the worst outside of maybe natasha as you said Jarrett. like he really might have it the worst because he's right Every time he was alive, he was in a fight. Every time. And so the PTSD stuff is great. Um, he has a list like Cap, which is super interesting. I want to read off this list to our viewers. Um, <clears throat> these were some of the names. It's a book, right? But this is just one page. Rostov is Red Barbarian in the comics. So, Jerry, you want to give a little insight to that character? Uh, Zane, Google that for me. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Zane would have that on, on tap. I just know that it's Red Barbarian because I Googled it. Sorry, Zane. I wish I would have provided more. Um, Hauser was was a was a Nazi from, from history. Uh, Zemo is Zemo. We obviously know him. Henriksen, US, a U.S. military soldier who had the Venom suit in the comics. Um, sorry. Uh, so Sorry Tartar from the 1940s was a World War II era a uh, leader who tortured his victims. Zane, do you know any more about that that individual? Sorry, Tartar. Did he invent tartar sauce? 
<laughs> yes, and that's how he totally. That's how he tortured his victims. That makes sense. Wow, <laughs> this has been a great episode. We love you guys three thousand. Have a great um, uh, <laughs> And uh, the other one that I thought was super interesting was the Kaminsky's. Uh, so Kaminsky was actually an agent under Garrett, who was a bad guy in Agents of Shield. So Feige just continues to not let. Agents of Shield. I, I screw Feige. <laughs> Love that. Gosh. Feige! Curse you, Feige! Curse you, Feige! <laughs> but we find out too that that Sam is reaching out to Bucky, um, which I thought was interesting. It, probably, I'm assuming for all this stuff with with this third party organization, we don't fully know. Um, he moves to Brooklyn. Which I thought was cool. Part of me, when he moved to Brooklyn, I was like, man, are we just going to like see maybe Spider-Man swing by in the back? I was kind of open a little bit. But then I remembered like, I, I it just, I don't know. Part of me was just like interested in that. What if, we okay, talked about your, what if Max paused for a second, like frame by frame and, and we had like Miles Morales for just a frame, oh just gosh. a single frame, but it was blurry enough where like you couldn't definitively say. So who, who has the most poop in their pants? Is it me, Isaac or Zane? <laughs> gosh. Like that That's might be, be Isaac, I think right? an argument could be made for Isaac, but I actually, I'm probably going with Zane. <laughs> and I could see Max doing that, except it'd be like uh, from the first Incredibles when the teacher's trying to prove that Dash was moving. Like, there. See, right, yeah. right there. That, <laughs> yes. that would be Max. Right there. Did you see it? Did you see it? Dude, Zane, I that is not. flawless. Flawless. That is absolutely me. So Mark is Charlie from um, Always Sunny. Yeah. And I am the teacher from Incredibles. That is like coining. Absolutely. Um, the waitress doesn't know him, which I thought was interesting that nobody knows who the Winter Soldier is. Like after Endgame, I kind of would have thought that some of those people would become celebrities. But it makes sense in the timeline that he still is kind of um, not there. Another interesting Easter egg is when they're playing Battleship. He says F4, which is someone unfit for duty. We saw Steve Rogers get that in the first Captain America. Um, and then we kind of get back to Sam. We, we really talked about the bank scene. Do we don't need to dig more into that? I got a lot of questions I want to ask us real quick before we kind of get to our top five. Uh, and then we get the John Walker scene. We've talked about that. Um, a couple questions I want to ro- roll our way. One, were you bummed that Agent 13 and Zemo weren't in it? Or are you like, ah, th- this was good character building? It's cool. I'm ready for it. Like, we'll wait. I yeah, was I wasn't I wasn't bummed at all just because sometimes you need that character building to get the payoff in the end end game. So I'm I'm absolutely fine with them not being in this first episode or even maybe a couple episodes. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Zane, can you share your thoughts on why you think Zemo has a purple mask? It, well, I don't even remember where I saw someone kind of talk you made the this. idea up zane this is your idea I, I it's can't new nobody credit, else made it but up. i'll i'll take credit for the infinity bros but yes i saw you the infinity someone bro somewhere say that but the that uh zemo adopts the purple mask like especially that's what it was you know that rather iconic from the comics but he uses the purple mask to get back at the avengers because thanos was their biggest failure and thanos was purple so you wear the purple mask to remind them that, hey, Thanos is your failure, and just to pull that string on them. That's such and, a Zemo move, too, man. Right. Ugh. I totally feel like that's where they're going, Zane. I, I like, 
I'd be willing to bet a small fortune on it. I think that's absolutely right on the money. I just you told you told that told it to us the other that's day. I was like, that's it. That's it. That's that's it right there. We solved that. Um, do we think the therapist is a good guy, or do we think she's just a neutral character, or is she bad, or does she work for the flag breakers? <laughs> she or the flag smashers? <laughs> Could be depending on what your Google or Bing or <laughs> Ask Jeeves machine tells you. Jarrett uses Ask Jeeves when he looks up uh, comic book references. That's why. <laughs> That's why it takes him longer than <laughs> you. Zane. Totally break Frank when you have a flag. You totally break it. <laughs> you don't. Everybody you don't smash that. it. You break it. <laughs> See, this is this is the problem when you've read as many comic books I have and don't have lightning fast googling. Oh. reflexes. like some things get lost in the cobwebs. Yeah, we get it. You've read a lot of comics. Yeah, we you're get it. So wow, cool. you're so cool. It must be so, so nice. It must be really tough being so dang cool. (laughs) Will Sam become Captain America? I'm saying yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you think we will get an appearance by the by the country or characters from Wakanda? Yes. Characters, yeah. I think Shuri's going to be in it. I I think we're going to see Shuri. Shuri, Definitely characters. I think we're going to see Shuri. Maybe not an appearance of the the country, but I think you can get a character. Honestly, I think Zemo's going to pull in a lot of characters. I think think the Avengers are going to want... Maybe not revenge, but like they're gonna want to get back somehow at Zemo. So when he pops up, I think a lot we're gonna see a lot of cameos from other Avengers. In the Legends scenes, Black Panther has a prominent role in that in that recap. That leads me to believe something in Wakanda is coming. But given the death of Chadwick Boseman, I could see them just saying, "No, no, no. We need we need to focus on that story without adding another layer of." issues with it jared you have anything to add if they had like pre-recorded footage with him that they knew like was coming with this scene obviously they didn't know the effects of what he was going through and they didn't know that he was going to be passing but like i'm sure some level of forethought went into like them making this series if they have any of that footage i would love to see it in there like i i know it would be hard for all of us but like Man, I, I would they're going to use whatever they got left of him, Jared. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I I think he made it very clear in the way he lived down the stretch. He wanted to be in it as much as possible. And this is the kind of story that he rooted for, right? Like, um, they talked about with Ryan Coogler and and even his work with uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Like, these are the stories he likes to tell. I think if he was alive, he would totally be in this series. To be honest with you, I think he'd be making an appearance. Which I think is going to be a hard thing to process for some people. And the the risk you run with an MCU is like, what happens when somebody dies? What happens when Terrence Howard doesn't want to make doesn't want to make less than he's making? You have to pivot to another guy. And can the audience handle that? Uh, Somebody dying is a different beast, especially somebody dying of the caliber of what Black Panther is and probably would have been. Uh, Will Torres become Falcon? Not right now. I think I that's agree. one that they leave. Yeah. I think he becomes a character like a agent 13. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. He's just part of Sam's universe and, and he'll come back later. Uh, who is Aaron Kellerman's player? Jarrett, this one's for you. Cause I know you've been talking about this offline. 
Well, it's clearly not Flagbreaker. Um, <laughs> they're trying to make it's us not, think that it's but it could be. It could be Flag it's Smasher. Maybe Flag Breaker is the leader of the Flag Smashers. That's probably. You know what? Wow. Actually, that's probably it. Well, this has been a great episode. We love you guys, three thousand. <laughs> Jared, go ahead and say that again. I don't think we caught that. Okay, um, she's got to be Sin. Like, I don't know if it's just the red hair or the like the fact that. I think there's a storyline in which, because we know Red Skull is out there somewhere. Now, do I think he he came to Earth and had a child? I have, I have no idea. But I think somehow she's loosely related to the ideology of who Sin is in the comic books, which is the daughter of Red Skull. Now, I don't know if that's a literal daughter or like an ideological daughter of Red Skull. She's a product of Hydra, whatever the case may be. But I think she is Sin. I think they're okie-dokieing us, and she is actually the character Sin. Also, shout out to her fantastic performance as Enfys Nest in Solo. Like, I'm so glad they got her in another movie for Disney. I want that so bad, Jarrett. I want that to be real. I want that to be real. I, I just don't see it after WandaVision. But it's I want reach. it. I It's a reach, but I want it, dude. Zane, Isaac, anything to add, subtract? I mean, you could definitely do the whole bit of sin, but I'm tying around there. But like, if you just look up her, like what her character is, she's doing a reimagined. Just Google it. Yeah. Well, yeah, just Google it. But uh, yeah, it's for the bit, right? Because she's the leader. So she's the female version of Carl Morgenthau, who is Flag Smasher. Right. So I think Flag Smasher, they're going to leave that as the group. And then, yeah, she's going to be someone else because it wouldn't make obviously make sense of, oh, this is Flag Smasher. And then the leader is also Flag Smasher. Like, I, I, that just doesn't seem like it would That's vibe, That's right? why she's going to be Flag Breaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, Zane. <laughs> Get with it. For those that don't know, we make fun of Zane as the residential Google expert. Zane's actually really smart, but we like telling him that he gets all his information from Google. Serious question. How much racial tension and, and reconciliation? I, I talked about that a little bit. How much do you think they're going with this? They talk about this in a lot of the pressers. How deep do you how deep do you think it will go? How are you feeling about that story arc, Jared? It's hard because it's it's a situation that's pertinent, especially we're recording this what three, four days after uh, the events of the shooting in Atlanta, right? Like racial tension March 29th, 2021 for those that just go back and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. March 19th, 19th. 2021. Did I say 29 again? You did. It's the second time I've um, done that. It is. I think that they they have to do this intelligently, right? And like they have the team to do it. Um, put put Ryan Coogler in on this if you need to, but like they have to address it in a very responsible and and, and it. I don't want to use kids' glove. They have to address it in a way where they don't further build the anxiety that's already like at a boiling point in America. And they've done a great job with that in the past, right? Like. Black Panther was such a powerful thing for so many people, and it wasn't it, it wasn't so in your face. They've showed us with this this with the bank scene, right? Like the bank scene, as you said, never once was his race brought up. Never once was anything about that brought up. But like you felt the tension there, and and it dealt with things beyond just racial issues. It was it was you know socioeconomic status and all these other things and. I think they can handle it responsibly and they need to continue to handle it responsibly and they're still going to address it. And I, I believe that they can do it. If they deviate from how the bank scene goes, there's going to be issues. I agree. Yeah. Too much I, tension I think right I, now. That is how they needed to do it. And it's, 
I agree. It's a good way. Zane, Isaac, anything to add? Take this with a grain of salt. We're, we're four white dudes talking on a podcast. So like, Absolutely. Like, we don't have the answer mind. to that solution unless Zane Googles it. Then we'll have the answer to the solution. Right. Um, no, I, I, I know. I, I joke. But, but seriously, like, I think this is something that people need to expect going into this show. Whether you like it or not, the pressers have said they're going to talk about this. If this is coming as a blindside to you listening to this podcast, sorry, dude or gal. Like, this is part of the culture right now. Hollywood makes it a big deal. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. I, I'm not going to speak past that. But I will say that it's going to be part of the show. So make sure your expectations do not include Mephisto in this not being brought up. Okay? <laughs> make sure you avoid those two th- thought processes going into this. Friday, all right? you mouth boner. <laughs> all right. Let's head into the top five. We're going in. You're entering the top five on the Infinity Bros podcast, starting now. Every week we like to have a top five discussion. By the way, new top five bumper this week. Um, Yay. Yeah. At the moment of recording, I don't know what it's going to be. Haven't a clue. Like, whoever's listening right now is like, wow, Max really is either really creative or he really, really sucks. It's very ironic because Jarrett never has a clue about his top five either. (laughs) 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 Well, we love you guys 3,000, and we will see you guys later. Welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast. Uh, Let's do our top five right now. We should have ended the show right on that time. Like, really well done, Zane. I mean, we're closing in on two hours of a discussion about Falcon Winter Soldier. We haven't even started the top Love it. Yeah, so we do a water cooler discussion where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that were relevant to us. And uh, this week, obviously, top five moments from Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're not going to do honorable mentions because there's no charity to give away to, as Mark Jones would say. So, Zane, we'll start with you. What's your number five? Uh, My number five, just because of, like, how irksome it was. And you're just like, I hate this guy. I got to go with the U.S. agent reveal. Just like... Screw this Same guy. Dude. All he did was my wink. Top five, or my number five as well. <laughs> like he, man, he just like you turn around and I just I felt the the hatred for him <laughs> in that moment. I was like, ah, oh, no. Ugh. Yeah, that is I, also my same for me, dude. <laughs> yes. Dang. Oh, same. Is that, that yours too, Jared? All of our yeah. top. That's that's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's just. And to add on to it, like, it's great storytelling. Mm-hmm. That all it takes is that character walking out, and all he has to do is look at the camera a certain way, and he's done his his due diligence in episode one. Props yeah, to them. Great job. Number four, Zane. Well, seeing as I went first uh, last time, I just want you guys, it's okay that you copied me, but please yeah. have a different list from here on out. Sorry, Zane. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll do something different, I think. <laughs> okay. yeah, I hope. I hope. Uh, number four for me is just the whole that whole opening fight sequence. Like, it just, it cemented stuff coming from, like, what we had from the movies of showing, hey, like, we can give this level of production quality. And so, like, I just, I, it's kind of a all-encompassing, but I'm going that whole opening fight sequence just because it was so well done. I was like, this is awesome. Can I, like, can go. I go before Zane next time just to prove that my list isn't? Isn't the same I hope as you guys because oh, no, no, no. you have a big crush on him and you're copying him. We don't want I really hope it's the exact same. We don't want to break his because narrative. 
that is my number. That's my number four as well. The opening scene. <laughs> Dang. No, Zane definitely has to go before that. Moving forward. Take it. Yeah. Sorry, Take Isaac. It. Dude, you and Holly both have a crown. That makes things really awkward. That's oh, super dumb. Yeah, the I have that Holly is Isaac's I mean, wife. I mentioned before. Holly is Isaac's wife. Yes, it does sound as crazy as you think. Both of them have a crush on Zane. I know. It's, I don't get true. it. Either. I have that effect. Don't we people. all though? Don't <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. A little bit. I do too. Right. I'm not I mean, lying to you. Look at those modeling pictures on theinfinitybros.com. Go to the store. Check out the sweatshirts. And there's Zane's face, and you fall in love. Okay, this so is cool. you brought it up, so this is the perfect segue. I have to, Jared. We'll get to your number four. Number two, <laughs> Here we go. Okay. My dad absolutely <laughs> despises Zane. Zane, my okay. So like my dad, like he doesn't even know who who my other friends are. Jared, my dad has never referenced you once <laughs> in his life. Jared doesn't know. He, my dad doesn't know you exist. Wow, my dad thinks Zane is the swine of the earth. <laughs> like my dad thinks Zane is mutually a horrible uh, like person in my life but also a loyal and valiant friend that should be protected at all costs. It's like this weird, unique dynamic. And Zane, for a bit, bought my dad and him binary stars <laughs> and named them after Zane oh my and gosh, my dad. so great. So for eternity, Zane and my dad will be together in the stars. <laughs> my mom is such a sweet woman that she looked at me when I told her about this and said, I'm so mad at Zane that he came up with that idea before me. I'm like, you psychopath of a woman. I love that. And so just like when Zane's modeling pictures came out, (laughs) my dad gets on Facebook after a long day of work. This is a true story. Long day of work. Gets on. He's like, I'm going to read a couple articles. You know, check out some things. And Zane's there posing in a in a beautiful, majestic Infinity Bros sweatshirt. I'll include a link in the show notes if you want to go get one or just see the picture, either or. And he goes, I can't escape this man. <laughs> like, you have mentally broken my father in a way that I've never seen before, Zane. It's remarkable. Well done to you. It's well done beautiful. To you. I, I love to see it, it. It's my peak. No, I've, dude. No, no, no. I, I actually think you can go further with my dad. That's oh, I the crazy am. part. Oh, I will be. I know you will. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm. This is like the MCU. Zane and my dad are the MCU Snapchat. of my personal like, life. I'm getting the Zane's, Zane's corkboard. With, I'm getting with a picture so of Steve much, in the middle. Yeah, right. I'm getting so much real estate for free inside your dad's head. I'm considering going and getting my realtor's license. It's a buyer's market right now. It is a buyer's market. I mean, market. it's a seller's market in the world, but it's a buyer's market in my That's right. <laughs> so contact me afterwards if anyone would like to buy any real estate Seriously. in Steve's head. Props to you. It's fine, Zane. Steve. I'm not hurt that you don't even know my name. Mark didn't know Jared, I existed. what's your name? Uh, Jared, I would argue he doesn't even know you exist. <laughs> Mark doesn't know I exist. That's the worst part. <laughs> Mark didn't know you existed. What's your number four, Jarrett? Is it the same as Zane and Isaac's? It's the therapy session. And on top of it, the the awesome bit where he like doesn't follow any of her rules. Like it's so fantastically done. Now he I'm does mad. follow her rules. He doesn't. He, he does. The, the guy that the guy tried to hurt him first. He broke it. He hurt the guy <clears throat> and he broke the law. That's the bit. Whatever. Whatever, man. Whatever, dog. You don't get it. I- I love you 3,000. Number four for me was Rhodey. I think Rhodey showing up, I think that's the... I'm with you, Isaac. That's the kind of stuff I want to see every episode. Every episode. There should be a surprise cameo every episode, in my opinion. That should be a framework built Cosmo into this. Cosmo the Superdog is the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Howard the Duck. 
<laughs> Howard the Duck was in Endgame. He's in that. He's totally. All right, number three, Zane. Uh, number three for me is just the the conversation that Sam and I think it was his sister that they had about um, about like wanting to keep the boat in the house, and she was like, she wants to move on and just get rid of it just because life's tough. And Sam's like, no, we, like we can keep this. And then how that just segues into the whole bank scene. Like I think that whole like vibe was just like. No, like, mom and dad built this, we need to keep this. And then she's like, well, you don't understand. Like, you've been off doing your own thing. That's not how the world works anymore. And I think that kind of showed that, yeah, you've been gone for five years. Like, but I, there was some power in there, I felt like. A lot of parallels to other stuff, yes. too. Isaac. So, my number three is... Is the bank scene. <laughs> no, it's not, actually. Um, it's It's... Basically what Jarrett already referenced, not necessarily the psychologist uh, scene, but like the scene like when it shoot, it goes to him telling her about it, like how he goes about it. I thought that was hilarious. And I I was kind of looking for more. I wanted I wanted more of what Bucky has been doing. So I'm hoping we get a little bit of that. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure his arc is moving forward instead of looking back but i thought that was fantastic and i i wanted more of it his stupid smile he gave him <laughs> oh my gosh it. brilliant I'm william barnes and i so I'm, what did he say i'm making uh shoot i forget i'm making amends yeah i'm making amends <laughs> crappy oh smile my gosh, that's away. Great. i'm like if i had a nickel for every time zane's done that oh <laughs> that was good Scratches your name off his list. <laughs> and he heads over to Isaac for copying his, his top five list. Yep. Steve is circled 20 times. <laughs> uh, Jarrett, number three. Um, my number three was the action scene that they opened with. I think it was well done, and it's hard to like pick a specific point out of the action scene. I think it was incredibly well acted. I will say wild how much he like did not pull punches and straight up murdered everybody uh, yeah yes i, was not I thought about that like that there's this huge debate it. online about like oh batman doesn't kill batman blah, 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 blah. here we in the I didn't mcu know this is a batman people are just winter slaughtering movie. dudes left and right like falcon's just, just like, killing everybody <laughs> i loved it does that like, i love it he's a soldier i loved it i'm fine yeah, with well, it he's a soldier that's yeah it's great i love um, it he's no, not a rich billionaire who's an orphan he's a soldier well, I mean, Tony murders a bunch of dudes in, in Iron Man 2, so, you know. But I don't get paid on Yeah, this. well, he doesn't have a code. He No, yeah, he no, I, I'm totally fine with him doing it. with every woman I'm just he saying sees it's, it's not a billionaire still thing. Still lands, it's happens just, to uh, get a wife. It's just a Batman thing. I don't thing. know how he does it. Uh, number three for me is Falcon giving up the shield. This was the jaw-dropping moment to me. I did not see it going this way. I was very floored by the and, and I forgive my naivete. I think some people that are listening to this are like, you really didn't see that, you big dumb idiot. Um, I I really did not see it going the way it did, that he would give it to the Smithsonian, just happily hand it over to the government for them to use. It's like it, it shocked me, but at the same time, it's like, man, that's too realistic. <laughs> it's just so real. Government convinced you to give it up, and then all of a sudden, they pull out. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Surprise. I'm like, that's just so It's like just so classic United States of America. It cracks me up. It's just so good. Too, too good. Uh, number two, Zane. 
Uh, my number two. Now, real quick, before I do my number two, I also have Bucky making amends, Isaac. That's my oh, number okay. two. All right, so good, go ahead, Zane. Good. Oh, well, that number two is Bucky making amends. Oh, the, amen. The, Let's the, go, Zane. Who now, Zane? Are you copying <laughs> Max? Uh, I don't know. Oh, who's copying who? Max just added that in there because he was like, I know this is going to be Zane's number two, so I'm going to try to throw <laughs> this in here real quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You copy. Got him. No, yeah, no, just the, the whole leans in, looks in the window, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what's he going to do? And just like, hi, I'm making amends. And just walks away. And it's just like, all right. And then they get arrested. Yep, and then they get arrested. And I was like, all right, I am fine with that. I loved it. Isaac, number two. My number two is Sam's speech. Um, it was just very touching. And I think, I think he communicated very well what the vibe was in that moment. Like, I don't know. You could just feel what he was saying. Like, we, this symbol is so important that we need to preserve the symbol and, like, not, you know, I don't know, like, taint the memory of of Captain America. And then, like you said, I mean, the way they just turn it around and give it to John Walker is just, just priceless. But, man, like, I, that was the moment in this episode that I was feeling like tears coming on. I, I was like, man, uh, he did such a great job of, of like honoring um, Captain America's legacy, and I just thought that was really cool. So that's my number two. Jarrett, number two. Um, this is a little gift for Max, who has to edit this later, as well as our listeners. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and do something for you real quick. Hold on. He's on the moon. And we're getting original sin! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Sorry. He's on the moon. It. You're welcome. <sighs> it's like Jarrett was like that scene in Dumb and Dumber where he's walking out of the bar. <laughs> he looks at the, the newspaper clipping. He goes, We landed on the moon! I find the guy in the hallway. That was Jarrett just now. Okay, cool. That was awesome. Uh, Isaac, go ahead, number one. Thanks for that awkward feedback. We're going to keep that whole long pause. In good, that good, good, editing, good. Max. Okay, my number one is the whole relationship of Bucky and Yori. Uh, that was just so well done. And and you kind of like, you're wondering, like, you, they meet in that alley and he knows him, obviously. And you're, you kind of like are curious about how this relationship developed in the first place and the way it plays out is just perfect and the fact that he wants to be Bucky wants to be involved in Yori's life and like make his life better uh for whatever he can do for him I think that is just amazing and and the fact that he I mean he almost doesn't want to tell Yori I would imagine because he knows that he's probably gonna lose him as a friend also, because then he would have to face his, you know, his past and stuff like that, too. But but I, I feel like that's one of the reasons why he hasn't told him yet, because he he doesn't want to to lose him as a friend. So I, I thought their relationship was awesome. Yori's hilarious. And the way he just like gets Bucky that date <laughs> was was awesome. <laughs> I love that. And Bucky's just like, no, don't don't. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. OK. No, I, I thought their whole relationship was awesome. And that was my number one moment from this episode. Zayner? Uh, my number one is Bucky going on a date. Uh, just kidding. No. Um, the, uh, 
No, it, it, it's got to be the pinpoint of, yeah, you get that reveal of when he's friends with Yuri because he killed his son. And when it, that you finally get that gut-wrenching reveal that just, you're just like, all that kind of floods in. You're like, okay, this is why he's doing that. And like, this is killing him on the inside. I was like, I don't know how he can go anything else. Like, that was such a powerful moment of that episode. But I also had to chuckle because <laughs> all I could think of during that is from New Girl with Nick Miller when he meets the old Asian guy in the park. Yes. <laughs> that's all I could think of. Tran. That's like, Tran. Tran. Tran, yeah. I was like, that's totally. that's these vibes. It's just like, they're just hanging it's out. Totally if they show vibes. up at a spa and oh go to gosh. a pool. like I... <laughs> You're a yeah, great man. listener, if Tran. Bucky's just... Dude, Zane, that is... Okay. A great comparison. Offline, we need to figure out how to make that a TikTok with Bucky's face. <laughs> on nick miller's body oh my let's, gosh let's get figuring that yes. out because that's a great tiktok yes. right there zane you just stumbled upon something i i'm dead serious the four of us need to figure out how to get that done tonight because we got to be the first to that on tiktok well done zane that's best one of the best things you've ever contributed to <laughs> thanks appreciate that zane, zane's like giving a ton of great stuff but honestly that might be number one to me <laughs> I'm on a roll. You've given some great feedback, too. I'm not judging anything else you've done. We're over two hours on the show. Like I said. All right, here we go. Utility player. I do it all. You are, man. Number one for me, you guys already talked about it, so I'll just briefly talk. Falcon fight at the beginning. I thought this is the best action sequence we've seen in TV shows. WandaVision's fight at the end of their series was garbage compared to this. I thought this was great. Absolute trash compared to this. I thought I this think was that's great. a little harsh, but, but I agree it's this one little, is better. It's a little harsh. Flying Witches above a red backdrop reminds me of another movie called justice (laughs) (laughs) my number one is you know you guys already said it i think it's the relationship between uh bucky and yori and i specifically the moment where he's staring at that mochi and he's like you know my son loved red bean mochi and he starts to describe the way in which he passed and the when they pan to the side view of sebastian stan just like falling apart holy cow i'm telling you guys like i was in tears i was like oh this is heavy um absolutely well done another moment that got me sorry this is just related to that so i have to piggyback off you jared is when they're playing battleship and she starts describing what it would be like for a parent to lose a child and he's just like i'm done like he just just leaves just gets up and leaves like that was a powerful moment it's like oh man yikes tearjerkers well well we spent over two times the uh the amount on this episode (laughs) talking about the episode so uh super fun super thankful for that zane back-to-back weeks thank you for gracing us with your presence we're grateful for you what i'm here for you know someone's got to be the voice of reason you do and we're gonna get on that tiktok and if you're listening to this that tiktok will be made by then we will find a way to do it (laughs) no matter how whatever it takes uh zane great job jarrett I want you to know that if Cap is on the moon at the end of this series, you called it first. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. You get all the credit because Thank I'm you. not piggybacking that. on that idea. <laughs> it's crazier than Mephisto. I'm holding it, man. I'm holding the line. I'm not giving up. Feige's going to listen to this episode and then walk over Screw to a... You, Zane. He's going to walk Screw over you, to a Zane. big whiteboard and just have to scratch that out now. Like they're <laughs> no, no, you it. know what he scratched out? He scratches out boner, writes up moon, Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Kevin Feige for WandaVision. Oh my gosh. 
Isaac, I hope that Scott Higa from the Christian Nerd Podcast thinks this episode is positive enough for him. I hope so, too. I know we've gotten a lot of feedback from yeah. him that we're too hot with our takes. We, we're, we have so much originality. I hope our hot takes keep him up at night. That's what I hope. Yeah, I don't know. With Between me and Mark, man, he's he's got plenty of warmth for a long time. Yeah. Long time. Isaac, thanks for coming yeah, on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, wherever you listened. However you listened, thanks for making us part of your day. We're so thankful for you guys. You can check us out on Discord. If you want to keep the conversation going and talk to us directly, this is a great spot to do it. Check out our show notes. There's a link right in there. Just click it. You'll be right in. It's super easy. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Check us out on TikTok. We talked about that as well, where you can check out that funny Tran video. And additionally, if you haven't watched the Snyder Cut, we have an episode talking about the Snyder Cut that will be released the same day as this. I strongly recommend you go check it. If this episode is a two-hour long podcast, I have not recorded the Snyder Cut episode yet. I imagine that might be a three-hour oh long gosh. podcast. It's going to be that's, insanity. Um, that's going to be a long I, one. I don't know how we're going to break it all down, but it's going to be a long one. We're thankful that you rode with us the whole way, whether you're driving to work or sitting at a boring desk job. However you listen to us, thanks for making us part of your day. Seriously, you guys are awesome. We love you guys, 3000, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.